When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and of course, I'm here with Nick. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. It's almost like we haven't talked in a week. It has been a very long week. (laughs) (laughs) We've, we've even missed some recording days because life has been so busy. Yeah, I'm going to jump out front and take the blame for that one. I, uh, day when listening, I kind of shook up my life and decided to chase a dream. And in doing that, I kind of mollywopped all the time we normally uh, would be recording. So for that, I'm sorry. But it's not just the recording. See, every day I would call Mike at least once in that one conversation, maybe half an hour or it might be three hours. But I used to talk to him every day. So to go an entire week plus without hearing the sound of his angelic voice, it's hard. I've had withdrawals. Angelic voice, right. That's gorgeous. So I will say that today was a absolutely fantastic spring day. It was gorgeous outside. It was fantastic. You're right. Today was 65 degrees in Michigan. It might as well be 80. I had windows down in the pickup on the way to go go buy more soil. It was a fantastic day. It So, like we just talked about before we started this, I spent the entire day helping my son work on a project. He has until Thursday to turn it in. But I only had yesterday and today to help him with it because uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I am going to be gone or busy by the time he gets home from school. And I only have free time when, right when he leaves. So I wanted to make sure that he had my undivided attention so I could give this this project the best chance for success because he needs confidence. Like he can do a lot of things, but he doesn't think he can. So he needs someone there to kind of gently push him and encourage him because he has no idea how great he is. Well, that sounds like a a very important job and sounds like something in time well spent, if you will. I hope so. Um, We'll see when when he gets his grade back. I'm not going to lie, though. The original plan for today was not what happened. See, the original plan was planned on Thursday. And the plan was Saturday and Sunday were supposed to be 55 to 60, 62 degrees. So the plan was to tackle the yard and to clean everything up and get all the, the extra stuff that had fallen after winter started this past year because two of my trees are giant oak trees and they don't drop leaves until the middle of january not all their leaves well i'm gonna take a moment here because i have a few updates i want to give and you know at some point we'll, we'll have a show too but take as much time as you can not before you clean the yard remember every day while that sits there more and more nutrients goes into your soil so I'd give it a little bit longer before you start cleaning that yard up. 
I I want to. Here's the thing, though, is if I don't, I have neighbors that complain. And even though I don't believe there's any bylaws in the township that dictate how your lawn has to be kept or maintained, because sometimes my lawn has looked like a hayfield. When I do have someone come over to mow it, because he does, I do have someone that mows it. If it's not maintained throughout the beginning of spring, there's always something unforeseen that he hits and I have to replace a belt or a blade on the mower. It happens every year. So I'm trying hard to get out there and make sure there's no giant rocks or random toys or pedals off bicycles that are just chilling, hiding in the grass. Well, those you can absolutely pick up. But leaves, I'd leave them there as long as you can and let them mulch them up time and time again. Just a little tidbit there because I've been playing in the dirt all day. You can't quite see it, but I've got a lot of dirt still under my nails. I had to kind of rush up here. Today was the day where we started filling all the buckets with the dirt, getting prepared for all the places where... when, When I run out of space in the garden, you start filling buckets and putting it around the garden and we started doing that today. I've conditioned, I finished conditioning the soil for the garden, for the raised beds. I have added my couple of hanging planters this year so I can increase and we are uh, increase the yield a bit. And we've planted some uh, raspberries. I don't think we're done, but we'll just keep adding and adding capacity. And when it's time to plant, we should be loving it. And didn't I see on Facebook that you have a pretty good sized pea pod on one of your plants? Yeah, we actually have vegetables in the basement now. That is that is a thing. I not only have quite a bit of lush lettuce, but now there's at least three pea pods growing on the on the peas that are trying to reach the light. I mean, they're probably four feet tall at this point. That's awesome. I was so excited to see your post. That's actually been I've been living vicariously through Facebook because I haven't been able to talk to you in forever. Well, it's not even just those. Right now I have green beans starting to sprout and all of those tomato plants and pepper plants and all those ones we're going to use with the city, which I have an update for. They're all sprouting. Everything is looking good. Uh, This experiment in the basement so far is going well. That's fantastic news. And I'm going to be honest, I'm a little jealous. No. I'm going to scratch that. I'm not jealous. I'm excited. I'm envious because I've never been quite so good at growing things. But I know that I'm going to come and take some of those plants. So uh, you keep growing as much as you want. (laughs) Again, I'm hoping that by the end of my growth season and when I'm sad that I don't get any more produce, that I'll be able to continue some of it downstairs. That's, That's the end goal. I'm hoping that I can drag my growing season out as far as I can. I have learned I need more lights. I need more of those square LED lights. Those things work fantastic. They don't take a lot of electricity. And I need about three more for the for the area in which I want to grow. So that will be something I'll be looking for here in the near future. Now, that's one of the updates I wanted to give was today was one of those days that lets you play garden. But uh, also I spent yesterday with the city of Duran. And a lot of the individuals who are excited about the edible landscaping project. I told everybody that we would start small and work our way up. As it it stands now, it looks like all, I believe, eight of the cement planters that we have in town, which are uh, probably, probably four foot by six foot, maybe eight foot, each planter at every corner, roughly. Each of those, we're going to thin out the flowers in there and the bulbs so we can use those in some other places. It's been about eight years, so the roses and tulips and those have spread quite a bit. We're going to limit those back, and then we're going to start at the end of May. Tomatoes, peppers, and then a ground cover. So 
Each of those will get a renovation. And the park where our caboose is, where you can see the, the train museum, that is going to get a complete makeover. That's going to get a lot of zucchini and some other things put in there. We've got it mostly planned out, a couple of raised beds, and I'm, I'm very excited to start this project. So even though we got a new city manager, everybody's still on board. So keep your keep your eyes peeled. I'll try and get updates on Facebook and I'll uh, probably create a page on the website so we can keep an eye on it and and track its progress. Because if it works in Duran, it works anywhere. I agree. And I think that's so exciting. I do have a couple of questions. Does Duran do anything to celebrate the fall? Duran has a lot of of events. They are big on creating holiday events. They have a car cruise. We have railroad days. And when it gets into the fall, there's several other events. So how, and this might be looked upon poorly, but how do you guys feel about along the backs of some of those buildings that have more shade, planting pumpkins and that kind of stuff? So as Halloween comes, people could just come get pumpkins. Or if you really wanted to, the city could pick them and sell them. We're talking about growing pumpkins and gourds. Awesome. So that we can use them for the decoration for the fall. There you go. So behind where we're talking about growing the edible landscaping, where people can come sit at that that park Mm -hmm. and be able to pick some things behind that, where it's less seen across that fence line, that's where you're going to see some pumpkin plants, some gourds, things of that nature to help. It it look like ground cover, but it's something we can use. It's fantastic. As long as it has shade, pumpkins do better in shade. They don't like direct sunlight. So now one last thing before I put us in a situation where our show is super, super short is I was coming back from Home Depot after buying dirt, which always sounds funny. And there's a landfill on the north side of town. It's not in town, near town. It is much further north, but it's completely surrounded by farmland. And Jamie and I noticed today there is plastic garbage littered all over hundreds of acres of farmland. And it was just terrible. We were just driving down this flat area road and you could just see. It's not like completely covered or coated, but it was certainly a lot. Like if you went out there with trash bags, you were going to need several over, you know, 50 to 100 acres. But it was hundreds and hundreds of acres and just garbage everywhere. That is disheartening. And it's also frustrating because I understand that a lot of times if it's a big landfill, you know, when they drive the trucks up there, being so high in the air, it doesn't take much of a gust to pull those bags and those pieces of plastic off. So what's probably happening is it's probably not being maintained very well and the things aren't being buried or disposed of properly in a good amount of time. It's probably just sitting up there. I know the one we have here in Montrose on a really windy day, there's a, there is a field to the what would be the east of it. It's about, I would guess, 10 to 20 acres. It's not a lot of land, but on a really windy day, you can't even see ground. It's completely white and brown. It's all plastic. The trees surrounding it, everything. And it takes a five-guy crew hours to clean it up. Yeah, it's Um, funny because that landfill even has netting around it. So it must not have, it only has it for the road then. It doesn't have it for protecting the, the surrounding land. The netting is great in the sense that the netting is very, for everyone listening, is very reminiscent to uh, the cage that surrounds the home plate of a baseball field. It's about, whatever to guess, 30, 40 feet tall. And then there's another section that kind of that turns inwards, which is probably goes another 15 feet. It's really big and it's really great. 
except this guy was just coming off the top of the like what I call the mountain. That hill is huge. It's not just like a little hill. It's practically a skiing resort. It's very large. It's a long drive up there. And all it takes, and you got to realize that plastic bags don't even weigh more than what, like a 10, 12 grams. I mean, there's almost no weight to them. It just takes a very gentle breeze to float those things all the way across. And if a nice breeze comes, they're never going to, they don't have enough weight. They're never going to come down and get caught in that fence. So they're just going to go over and they're going to land in someone's field, someone's crop in the road on your car. And then they're going to be someone else's mess. And it's never going to biodegrade. Like it's, there's the reasons why land is zoned a certain way to be used for landfills. It's because it's not, you know, that land isn't going to be used for anything else in the very near future. It's also why they're vented for methane. Cause when things do actually break down, the gas has to come out. Right. Right. It fits good into this show. Cause this week we're talking about the five R's and I know sometimes, you know, in school they'll teach three R's and I've seen as many as eight R's, but it is, I think five pretty much does cover it. So my observation of terrible land fulfillingness kind of fits in. So let's keep these R's pretty simple. It is refuse, reduce, reuse, repurpose, and recycle in that order. I'm not sure if anybody ever realizes that they put those in a specific order. Did you ever notice that? Um, no, I never noticed it in the sense that there was a specific order. It makes sense. You said that was refuse, reduce, reuse, and was it repurpose and recycle? Is that what you're? Yep. So, so essentially, when you say refuse, that means like don't take something when you already have one, right? Like that's kind of refuse a new one because you already have it, like plastic well, bags. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. Well, let's let's look at that one first. Let's start there. We'll just work our way through all of them because okay, I think sometimes it's always good to have a conversation about each of these. But refuse is by far the most important one. Now, does it mean that we never get anything that we want or that we can't buy the things we do want? No, no. It just means that if we don't necessarily need it and you can do without it, refuse it. Today, Jamie and I, while we were out, stopped and got a bite to eat. And when I got back to the table, there was already a straw in my my drink. I never even had the opportunity to refuse it. So taking it out, it doesn't matter. Using it, I might as well. But if when they come to me and I order my drinks... I'll say an unsweetened iced tea without a straw, please. I'm practicing adding that to my order so that they know they don't have to waste one. No, I, I think that's wonderful. And I, I think I'm going to start adopting that as well, because like you always said, and, and man, it's the one that taught me, the only thing worse than a single-use item is a single-use item that never gets used. Because if they bring you that straw and then you don't use it, they still have to throw it away. They can't yeah. keep it. So And it was I, like that before a COVID world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I try to minimize or refuse as many single-use items as I can. Matter of fact, I have a picture that I need to post. We have friends that are getting ready to go on vacation, and we decided to get a bite eat with them here recently here in Duran. And our waitress was very busy. It's you know things are just kind of starting again, so things aren't clicking on all cylinders quite yet. And so we asked, uh, one of the guys at the table asked for a napkin, and she gave us probably two inches of napkins. You must have went to Union Station. Nope. Oh, really? No. Oh, they're no. not even open yet. So where no. where did you go where they gave you $3 and used paper? Like, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I started thinking about it. We're still in a semi-COVID world. If I don't use two inches of napkins while we're eating, and I got to tell you, I can be sloppy, but I'm not that sloppy, then they can't use them. Anything that comes to our table 
has to be thrown away. I took them home. Well, yeah, you should. And here's see, here's the part where I get really bothered by being part of this show and also being in food service is those napkins that she brought you. I don't know what they looked like, but even on the really high end, really nice ones, they're only like three to four dollars a package and a package has 75 to 100. Mm -hmm. So you're you're looking at about three cents a napkin is their cost. That stack she brought you honestly was probably like a quarter 50 cents worth and i bring this up because in a in a world where we're using too much of the stuff and we're wasting too many single-use items the amount of resources that goes into making those paper napkins is a is just abysmal it's terrible and just to hand them out willy-nilly like it's endless like and i understand that what i'm asking people to do is to grasp a, uh, a situation of a world that's far greater than their own scope and perspective and it is a lot to give you a headache but lord have mercy like if someone says hey i want an extra napkin give them two if there's four people at the table bring four just to be safe bring a few but don't bring a half a package because you think that this guy over here might spill mayonnaise out of his burger and you got to make sure he's going to clean it up right oh it was it was a shocking amount like it was enough for all of us to stop and one of our friends saying mike how do you feel about that you know (laughs) because they (laughs) i'm like that is not okay i am not happy with this because once it hit our table it's ours and if we don't use them or take them they're just gonna throw them away yeah, well, they, they have to. There's See, here's the ironic part. Um, and we talked a little bit about this, is that some establishments go by different health codes than others. But essentially, if it's a single-use food item, like a butter or a cracker or a jelly, mm-hmm. if, it's, if, if it gets put at the table and it's clean and it's never been used and no one's touched it, they have the option to sanitize those and keep those. But the single-use paper stuff has to be thrown away. I don't understand why. Maybe because you can't get it wet. I'm not I'm not really sure, but they just toss them. And same thing if they bring you silverware and it's wrapped up in a paper napkin with a little plastic band or a paper band. If you touch it, if you just touch it to say, no, thank you, put it under the table. Technically, they're supposed to throw that paper away and rewash that silverware. It's a lot of uh, backwards coaching, in my opinion. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. You know, we're so used to using an excess that absolutely everybody just says oh cool they brought us lots of napkins you know or even or the joke of oh they must you know they probably think we're going to be sloppy that's not what the feeling was at our table the same thing i went to i went grocery shopping recently and i don't use plastic bags for the produce anymore what i do is i use the spot where a child can sit you know i just pile the produce in there because i realized they're going to give me a plastic bag at the end anyways. Absolutely. And I'm going to wash these vegetables before I use them anyways. So there's no reason to get put them in a plastic bag so that I can put them in a plastic bag. So I just pile them in the cart. And when we get go through the register, we'll get a plastic bag. But while I was there, I found out that the rule of you can't bring your reusable bags mm-hmm. is a pseudo rule. You can bring them, but if you bring them, you have to pack your own stuff. Really? I have no no problems packing my own groceries. Is this at Riverside or is that at Horrocks over in Lansing? Nope, this was at Myers. Okay, well, there you go. So I can then refuse plastic bags because in the last year, I have accumulated a tremendous amount of plastic bags. I don't doubt it. You know, I try to use them for everything I can at this point. But it's just too many. But now I can go and take my bags to Myers, and I'll just pack my own groceries. I'll quit going to the the regular register. I'll do the one where I can scan my own, and I'll just pack my own groceries. Yeah, that's actually one of the more redeeming things that I I enjoy about like uh, 
Gordons, if you will. So same thing with Aldi. They don't have bags in that regard. They don't have plastic bags. They don't have anything like that. So if you go there and you go shopping, if you're fortunate, they have boxes and you can load them up in boxes if you don't have your own bags. Being that we do a ton of eBay, I'll take all the boxes you want to give me. Uh, But on the flip side of it, we do have a number of reusable tote bags. In fact, I wish I had it with me to show you because I'm sure these are going to make it online at some point. Gordon sells. You want to talk about embodied energy. Gordon sells these reusable tote bags and they are immensely cheap is for what they are but they're they're outstanding they're very durable they're like very thick woven material they're heavy duty they hold you know i think i've had 100 pounds in one and they're nine dollars so you have to to use them a long time to get that energy out so i hope they're very durable (laughs) um the the reusable grocery bags are extremely durable and you're right you have to use them a long time but they will last a long time the insulated food ones Total garbage. Well, and I'm sure the embodied energy on those is probably, I don't think you can recover from them. So uh, I don't think think you can use them enough to ever make up the difference. The only thing you're saving is plastic waste, which after my day to day, thank you for saving plastic (laughs) waste. But, you know, as COVID is loosening up a little bit i'm starting to ask people can i do this can i do that can i bring my bags can i Mm -hmm. can i refill my own coffee cup please the local coffee place lets me refill my coffee cup so now i go there seriously yep okay so let me ask you a question can another person can i bring my coffee cup there and will they make me one that i want that big well yeah you just show them your cup they tell you how much it is you pay them and you, you go over and fill your coffee so i'm happy that i can actually get my coffee can my coffee cup filled again instead of when i would go to mcdonald's they would refuse and make me take a paper cup and then dump it into my reusable because i wanted in my reusable anyways it keeps it warmer longer well it does and i can't even i can't even tell you how many coffee cups i had in my truck from that marathon down the road and from your house several probably 15 for for the months during covid that i was coming out there Mm-hmm. or from the stomping grounds even for like i had to buy one every time i went there because i couldn't use my yeti or i couldn't use one of my my insulated cups and so i i messed a ton of them one last thing on refuse because it also means things that you like and want for an example i like reusable cups i have four of them i have never bought a reusable cup myself the very first one i was still in college and couldn't afford them anyways and mom gave me or she bought it for me. It's actually a French press that I pulled the press out of, as was my coffee cup all through college. It's a little dented up. It's in the book. There's a photo of it. But every one that I have, I have one from the engineering firm I used to work with. They gave me one. It says their name on it. Jameson's family doesn't know what to get me. So what do they get me? Those tall, uh, was it Contego cups? Mm-hmm. I have four total. I should never have, at this point, I should never have to buy a reusable cup ever. I agree. We have an immense amount of them. Um, I say we because while I do have the most, I am in no way, shape, or form the only person that does have them. But I probably have, well, sitting in front of me right now, I have two Yetis. I have a blue one and I have a red one. I've got a black one upstairs. And they're the 32-ounce ones. I also have a number of smaller 18, or no, I'm sorry, not 18, 16 and 24-ounce cups. Some are embroidered with my name. Some were gifts. Other ones were just, you know, mta hey they're giving away these cups do you want a couple sure i'll take them uh and it it sounds ridiculous to have so many but at the end of the day if i could just fill that up and i have to get something else why not 
and they're they're all insulated. And you know me, I drink a lot of coffee, and the coffee stays hot for hours in these. So I really enjoy having them versus having to go and get a disposable one from the uh, um, the gas station or the local grocer or wherever I'm buying coffee that day. My Big B still will not let me use my Big B cup yet. I do have a huge Big B cup. But they're still not allowing us to use our own cups yet. That's part of the refuse thing is that if we have enough, I have four. I mean, that's I should have those the rest of my life unless one of them breaks at some point. I mean, shoot, one's immortalized in the book. Those things will last forever. They're aluminum cups. If the plastic top breaks, that's the only time. And two of mine are interchangeable. Really? Yes, the Contegos are all the same. So they'll all match. And I guarantee you, within the next five years, someone's not going to know what to give me, and they're going to get me a reusable drink cup. So that's one of the things I, I want to focus on refuse, when you have enough. Because here's what happens. We have enough, but then I see one that's Iron Man. Well, I got to have the Iron Man one. No, I don't. I have four cups. I could drink coffee out of all four cups. So this touches on something you and I have already talked about. I love pop culture. I've been undergoing like force feeding myself uh, a different way of thinking with that regard. I just have enough. And a lot of the stuff I have, I'm, I'm getting rid of. And it's not that I don't like it. Just like, it's not like if you refuse the Iron Man cup, it's not that you don't like it. It's not a matter of, Hey, is this cool? Or, Hey, do I think it's worth the money? It's do I need that in my life? And, and you really don't. So I know for a fact that I probably won't buy another insulated coffee cup for myself. And I, um, I make that choice speaking for the purchases I'm going to make. Now, that doesn't stop someone else from giving me one as a gift. And I would never, for the sake of um, courtesy and, and being kind and, and loving with family, ever turn one down. Like, well, thank you, but you, you know, I don't want it. I'm not that kind of person. It's easier just to refuse to purchase it myself. I have two on my shelf right now that I didn't mention because I don't use them. I have an X-Men one and a Captain America one that I did use for a long time and they did break. They're not metal, they're plastic. The bottom, you know, eventually after being dropped a hundred times, busted out. And now they sit on the shelf where they'll probably be until I die. But I I don't need more. I don't need any more. I don't need to go buy the Iron Man cup or that Godzilla cup or whatever it is. So I understand the refuse, especially with pop culture stuff or things that 100% we don't need. I don't need any of this stuff. Well, and that's, I think we, sometimes we lose track of it. There's a lot of things that I think are neat, but. I'm telling you, over time, people are going to give them to you anyways. If they get to know you, they're going to give these as gifts. So refuse is, you know, try to find as many things to not take. The Every time we don't take something, another one isn't produced. So I don't take a straw, another one isn't produced, at least for that one each and every time. The other thing is reduce. Reduce is different. Reduce is me with my meat right now. I'm trying okay. to find ways i gotta tell you when we went to eat today jamie picked a and she's not a vegetarian but she picked a vegetarian a dish today and i think what i've discovered is if it's a vegetarian dish they put a lot more effort into making it taste good they have to well it was way better than what i had and my you head, i mean i just i had the they have a fancy taco kind of thing and i had a few tacos but and again, reduce instead of getting a full meal. I asked for just the tacos so I don't have all the sides and all the extras. It's just a I'm a 200, you know, nearly 260 pound man that doesn't need to be 260 pounds. And he gets that way by eating everything on his plate. So just a little fella, just uh, more lettuce. You know, I want more of the veggies. But her hers was a quesadilla with no meat. It was delicious. <laughs> 
Okay, so we're going to be honest on this one. You're right, it's delicious, but it's not delicious because there's vegetables. It's delicious because it's fried bread and melted cheese. They put some effort into the flavor. Where, <laughs> I bet they where, did. Where, the, where things with meat, they go, hey, it's got meat, here you go. But reduce, that's where I'm looking at. Is I Yes, I have to reduce my single-use items because there are times we just use things because we have to use them. And yes, if you're at work and you have no way to eat your food, don't just grab it with your fingers and throw it in your mouth. Grab a fork. You know, it's okay. Wipe it off and use it the next time. Use that mm-hmm. same one. I guarantee that fork will live a long time, about a thousand years. Probably. So the goal is to buy a little less. That are our jokes about my vegetables in the base. That's one head of lettuce I don't have to buy. If those, you know, as those sweet peas mature, that is that is a pack of sweet peas that I won't have to buy. I'm finding ways to reduce in every way I can. I think that the, the way you're looking at it is. I'm gonna just gonna say it. it's kind of profound because when you say reduce, a lot of people just think as using less, but you're using less in more ways than one. So when you talk about your peas and stuff, you're right. It's one less that you're gonna have to buy, which really means that's one less that they're gonna produce. That's gonna get wrapped in a plastic bag. Gonna come from another country. Like you're literally reducing the amount of embodied energy that one person consumes by immense proportions by just trying to eat better and live healthier and it's it's inspiring and it's fantastic when you when you look you get down to the meat the meat of it they always say the devil's in the details well that's true but, but so is the truth when you look at really what you're doing and what I do sometimes because I'm not nearly as good as you there's a lot more to it than just saying, hey, I don't want to eat as much meat anymore. And I'm the first one to tell you, for being from the same meat and potatoes family, you can eat amazingly delicious meals that are just veggies and, and, and different stuff. You don't have to have meat. Meat, to quote a chef, if you've had Brussels sprouts or bacon to a dish, you've given up because they make it per- <laughs> they make it perfect. You don't need meat. You don't need meat if you're a good cook. You don't need meat if you want to eat healthy. You have to enjoy the flavor of life to really put love into stuff and fresh fruits and vegetables are gorgeous i mean they are just beautiful and the flavor profiles are immense and now you got me hungry thank you very much that's what i do i know so reduce fits into our little bit that little bit little bit little bit because it ends up being a big bit because you hit it right right on the head so if i would have in the winter or let's say even this time of year bought a pack of sugar snap peas they mm-hmm. have the, the flash froze, throw them in the microwave, they steam themselves kind of thing. That is a couple ounces of beans, likely produced at least 500 to 1,000 miles away, and packaged and stored. So the energy, you know, someone's got to go pick them, someone's got to wash them, someone's got to soak them then freeze them then package them then warehouse them and then ship them and receive them and then put them on the shelf so that i can drive out there and get them just having one serving produced from my basement stopped that embodied energy yeah absolutely but you have to look at it even further so what you just said and i can't believe i didn't think of this so those those little steamer bags you're talking about those ones that you can microwave the reason you can microwave those is they're a very small portion there is no world where one of those will work for five people unless it's going in like a stir fry. You can't just take a steamer bag, which is like 12 ounces of broccoli, and use that as a side dish for five people. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to buy two. You have to buy three. You have to buy more than that 
And that just adds to the amount of energy, adds to your, your grocery costs because they're conveniently steamer bags. They're more expensive that you could go to the grocery store and we're talking about, you know, peas that are picked and flown halfway across the world. You could buy a pound of them for like a dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine, or you can get twelve ounces of them for four dollars because in the conveni- comes in that convenient steamer bag. It's just it's bad. It's really bad. And then, you know, think about the energy uses in your microwave. Oh, my God. Well, and that's what I'm trying to do is that if the garden really does what it's supposed to do this year, I'm going to learn to freeze. I'm going to learn to soak those beans and those peas and the broccoli and then throw them in the freezer on a, on a tray. And when they freeze, then I'll vacuum seal them myself. And then we will have broccoli and peas and green beans and want to buy any more of those. I'll be able to grow enough for the whole year. Reduce is a lot of different things now reuse is in my wheelhouse this is my mom right here my mom was one of those (laughs) people who (laughs) there was no you use it up everything you have if you just use it till it's a nub and then you take that little wooden nub and throw it in your garden but so butter containers which you know i love you honey jamie hates the fact that we have a lovely selection of butter containers as tupperware reuse is very important same thing applies to reduce everything you reuse something for if i plant starter plants in a butter container i didn't buy something to start my plants if i reuse anything it's because i had a need and i didn't buy something to fill that need so i keep all my old containers if it has a purpose i keep it even sometimes to the dismay of my wife I try to find a use for something at least twice is my goal, but I won't, I, you know, again, when you're married, sometimes you have to do things a little different. I won't use the, the glass container from the salsa to put flowers in, you know, as a vase, I'll have to use it for other things, but uh, cause she's not big on things that aren't pretty. She's very good at making things pretty. I'm very good at making things useful. Those don't always go together. That is the greatest description of your guys' marriage I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Actually, she's becoming a better, she's a better builder than I am. So, but I am tech support. So I guess <laughs> we, we, we offset pretty well. So the next thing moving along is repurpose, which is a little confusing because it seems a lot like reuse. Yeah. I want people to look at repurposing. Uh, remember when I, I taught a lot of STEM classes on the north end of Flint? And one of the things I used to do is I everybody wanted mechanical pencils. It was one of yeah. those things that I brought a bunch with me. They always they, they wanted to fight over them. So I started bringing lots of them. And I would say, if you can use this pencil today without using it to write or erase, you can keep it. I wanted kids to think of things that they could do with that pencil that that pencil was never intended for. And that's where repurpose comes in. That's where the best repurpose site you will ever find is Pinterest. Absolutely. That's a fantastic website. That is your repurpose site. That is where people learn to do things. That That is a purpose attempt to learn to reuse something. I agree. And I think there's a lot of things you can do that with. I think you just have to be a little more open-minded to kind of step outside the box and see what other uses you can have for things. The the obvious one that everyone does, I think, is the grocery bag into a trash can liner. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's something that's very, very obvious. I think, Lord have mercy, uh, I've seen ones that people have made garden decorations of little windmills out of pop cans, stuff like that. And the, the important part is 
when we talk about repurpose, we don't necessarily mean a utilization of this item that is going to be in the same ballpark as what it was before. We just mean anything you can use it for that stops it from going to a landfill or getting buried in the ground somewhere. So if you if you can take your old towels and you can use those for insulation or something, or you can take your, your cans and you can make windmills, or you can get on Pinterest and you can take a bobby pin and make it into a Corvette, whatever it is you're good at. Uh, <laughs> If you can MacGyver something amazing, do it. If you don't, it doesn't really matter as long as it doesn't matter to you where you got the materials to use and you're not ashamed because some people are. I'll be honest. I think a lot of people, not everyone, but I think there's a, a huge fear with people that in doing this, they're going to look poor. They're afraid that people are going to judge them for using the stuff they have instead of just going and buying new. When I understand that social fear, but really they should look at it like this. They're being, they're being industrious and they're using ingenuity to get out there and, and take what they have and, and utilize it. And that's wonderful. And if nothing else, you will make the best utilization of anything you have by getting comfortable with doing that kind of stuff. That's, and that's my opinion. That's how I feel about it. I am not from a wealthy family. I understand the value in utilizing that. For instance, the planner that I failed to grow things in for three years in a row because I'm not a good gardener like my wonderful brother here, started its life off as an apple crate that would be loaded with apples or other types of produce at the orchard. And when it became too dilapidated, if you will, too just beat up and, and it was falling apart to hold hundreds of pounds of apples, I said, hey, can I? If you throw those away, they said yes. I said, Can I turn them into planters? Worst case scenario, the dirt and the, the worms are going to turn the wood and the dirt anyway. So they're planters now. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's to me, that's almost an upcycle. There are times that we take things that were made for one thing that for single use. And if you can make it a permanent use, you've upcycled the product because for an example, a K cup was designed for one time in a coffee machine to make one cup of coffee. But if you kept them, clean them out, put a couple of little holes in the bottom and, and you grew your plants, you started your plants in them. And when you were, when those plants were mature, you pulled them out, put them where they go, but kept the cup and used them over and over again. I believe you've upcycled. You've, you've given it a lifetime job because it's only going to work for about a thousand years. So you should be able to, handle that for a while where was where did that idea come from you just pulled it out of your head that's fantastic oh for the planters yeah is that is that that's i don't that have cups, so i can't do it so <laughs> well i i understand that but i'm, I'm sitting here looking at a keurig that's genius yeah it, it really it, is it's where you start all your seeds after they're germinated you put them in there they grow to a certain height when they start to get too big for that that's when the roots have started to root lock inside so you can pull yes. them out and put them in their planter or wherever they go but they're perfect because they won't go anywhere they're not going to wear out not in your lifetime or your children's lifetime so you might as well use them forever well and all, you're right but also you know, just kind of tacking onto that, it's almost identical to the size that they start plants in anyways. So it's, I mean, it's really, it's great. I'm a little jealous. I wish I had these good ideas. And it's funny because you can go to the store and buy a stack of them. Yeah, for a ton of money. I mean, to me, anything is a ton of money because water bottles can be cut and used. There's a lot of things that we can cut and use to grow something. You've seen the pictures of my basement. That is like random garbage I'm growing in. You're right. I've seen the pictures. I still, in how many years you've been in the house, have not been in that basement. So I'm a little jealous. But um, I have an idea that I'm going to utilize. And if I fail miserably, I'm going to show you and I'm going to have you tell me where I went wrong. But I'm in the process of looking for the right materials to redo my, where my turtles live. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to have the giant glass aquariums anymore. 
They're they're possibly hard to keep clean, and the turtles don't get any attention really because half the time they're at the bottom and they're two to three feet deep. Like they're really large. What I'd like to do is I'm gonna order some uh some clear. I'm either gonna order some clear plastic cameras because you can get them in uh four feet by three feet and they're about ten inches deep, and or I'm going to get some used ones from a friend of mine at the restaurant. But I'm going to set up the perimeter in those things with two liter bottles that we have. I'm going to hollow them. Well, they're hollow. I'm going to cut the top off, fill them with dirt. And I'm going to grow my herbs in there. And I'm, they're going to free float right in the water. As long as I can get the balance right so they don't tip over. The, mm-hmm. the turtles' heat lamp should produce enough light and enough heat for the plants. And as long as the turtles don't climb up them and eat the herbs, it'll be perfect. Sounds like a fun experiment. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, it's anything that you can anything that you can repurpose and that and if that's the case you'll they'll grow there forever those will constantly regenerate you'll snip off pieces to cook with and it will just keep regenerating over time and that that plastic isn't going to biodegrade so that's the least of your worries no i'm not worried about that my thought process was is that if i put two tiny pinholes like very small ones in the bottom of that bottle that would keep enough water coming in to keep the dirt nice and moist to stop it from drying out from the heat lamp the top might be but also, if the roots are pulling in some of that water, every time I've had plants in those type of terrariums, it, it's always helped keep the water very clean. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm hoping that it helps keep the water oxygenated, it helps keep it clear. It'll allow it to have nice foliage for the turtles. The turtles seem to be happier when there's greens around anyways. Um, they, some things they eat, they eat really, really quickly. But for the most part, they seem happier when there's more uh, plants and more like vegetation. Well, so I'm, I'm excited. Another fun thing that I found about, quote unquote, using garbage is, as you know, Greening Your Life partners with a lot of Facebook groups. And one of them is their Urban Hobby Farmer, one of my favorite groups. These guys are fantastic. They let us put our show on there. They're, you know, I think they're actually going to start selling legacy seeds. So if you're from Canada, look them up. But they recently posted repurposing strawberry and rotisserie chicken containers into tiny greenhouses. That's genius. Where you you can start a six, ten seeds. You can grow lettuce in a rotisserie thing until it starts to get to where it's hitting the top. You take it off and there's where you start trimming from. Or you can transplant them into something else and put new ones in there to start them. Those are quite literally little greenhouses. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the the bottom is black, so it's going to attract sunlight or heat, and the top is clear, so it's going to let a lot of heat in. That's awesome. So I, when you and when you put the water in there, you'll get that like the water cycle effect. You'll get the water beads on the top. It'll rain down on it and keep circulating it because the plant's going to absorb it, but plants actually give off moisture, and it creates a little rain effect. It's a great idea. So thanks, Frank. I really appreciate you posting that. That's going to happen in my basement for sure. That's a fantastic idea. So the last thing is, and I know we've taken this topic along with some of my earlier stuff and really drug it out for a long show, so is recycling. And everybody, that's the one everybody knows, but they, you see lots of percentages. Like they always say, you know, 9% of plastics are recycled, but sometimes you see 20% of plastics are recycled. It's on average about 12, you know, percents of all plastics are recycled because they're trying, if they say 20 they're using certain plastics that we recycle a lot. If they say nine, we're picking some that we don't recycle very often. Yeah. Really, the average is somewhere around 12%, and it's pretty fluid based on need. But 
it is best if we recycle. And I know that the recycling centers are not recycling everything you send. That does not mean we quit. Does not mean Mm -hmm. we, because sometimes we practice. You put those things in that bin because even though it's not being recycled today, it will be another day. It's a habit to build. My kids need to see me taking the recycle bin out so they grow up knowing they're supposed to. The neighbors need to see the recycle bin out there so they know they should be doing the same. Agreed. But also, I mean, if we're talking about honestly, in an ideal world, you're not going to have enough things if you live right to fill that bin every week. You wouldn't want, I mean, you shouldn't have that many items. You might. And as we work through this and people start getting better with their habits, obviously it's going to slowly diminish and the number is slowly going to go down. But isn't the goal to get to where you don't have enough to fill that bin every week to where you just do it because that's what needs to be done, but you're putting out as little as possible. Yeah. And it's ours are not, even my trash cans don't necessarily need to be out every week. We're getting to a point. Sometimes we fail for a week and we got two cans sitting out there, but organic waste is ours that's ours that's that's value so that gets mixed into the soil and it gets mixed into our property somewhere the banana peel goes into the into the garden that's mine you can't have that now when the plastics if it's lightweight plastics i am jamming that into a two liter brick it baby i am bricking that as much as i can i'm trying to minimize my space my 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 impact yeah, once i have enough of them i am going to contact a company and see if i can get them over to them so they can use them the recycle for me has been a lot of the glass aluminum stuff like that that i know can be recycled and is recycled glass and aluminum copper anything like that that's recycled and it well, needs yeah. to be recycled plastics that's for practice so i'm trying to use as many of those myself so now we're to the point where on trash day we take out one can if we're on I, it for that week, we take out one can with a family of five. Well, that's amazing, and we are not on it ever. We can never get there. The only part that I can say that I surpass most people in is the organic waste because I have a whole flock of disposals that just uh, utilize the, <laughs> all of it. Yesterday, we took them out, a bucket of – Heather cleaned out all the uh, leftover in the fridge that were never eaten some were soups some were pastas things that like i'm like okay i'll eat that for dinner or lunch the next day and then i didn't because i'm on this medication i don't eat nearly as much as i as i normally would throughout the day so i i don't eat the leftovers like i would so now we have to make a huge point to cook less like we really have to focus on it mm-hmm. so we filled the bucket and we took them out there like yesterday morning and then that night uh, i don't remember what we gave them but we filled the bucket again and I was like, wow, she's like, yeah, all that food we gave him the first time was gone already. And I'm like, that's insane. She's like, they haven't touched their chicken feed. Perfect. Because they're just they're just eating all this this leftover food from us. And it's 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 awesome. I mean, it's a great way to utilize it. It's not going in the garbage, mm-hmm. which means it's not going to the end of the road. It stops pests and other animals from trying to get into it. But also it, we get something out of it. We're recycling it in the sense that we feed it to them and they give us eggs. So it works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny because it's one of the things we talked about in the city before we close up here today is I'm trying to get them to create a compost area with so all the organic waste, the leaves, everything that we get year round mm-hmm. can go over there. When we start pulling the plants at the end of the season, we want to throw it in there. We have large equipment. We can push it around. It's not a big deal. That way we don't we're not buying dirt all the darn time. We'll have the best soil. I, I'm trying to convince them, and I think it's working. That's an asset. Those 
that all that organic waste is an asset. I would like a spot where people in town can drop off their organic waste and it goes in our pile. And we just keep turning it and turning it and turning it and using it back in the city. And if we get too much of it, then maybe people from town can come get a scoop. It is that's a that there's value in that organic. There's a lot of places that need nutrients in their soil and we're just throwing it away. No, I agree. Considering that my yard is like one or two inches of topsoil on top of sand. I ever. Yeah, I completely agree. I need as much of that as I can get. Then then chop your leaves up over and over and over again and leave them. I hope you got some value out of today and that we covered those five R's a little closer. If you think that we should have done rot or some of those other R's, let us know. Post it on the Facebook page. Send us a message. These are the ones that we thought were the most important, but I think everybody has their own opinions. Also, thank you again for those of you who are posting reviews on iTunes. I think we're we're climbing up there really slowly, but it, it is helping. So we greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for being involved and helping us be successful here at Realistic Sustainability. So that's all for this week. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. We'll see you next week.